What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, this is our last One Shining Podcast of 2023. So we're excited to bring on BJ Armstrong, uh, one of my basketball mentors and one of my favorite people to talk basketball with. We're going to do a little Christmas wish list and have BJ come on. And he is not watching much college basketball. Let's be honest. That's what these NBA guys do. So we're going to talk about just kind of basketball at large with him and some of the storylines that are near and dear to his heart. And uh, we'll have some fun with that. And then at the end, myself and Kyle will do shout outs and we'll talk about all the big games that we saw this week and sort of the uh, the fallout from, you know, the Big East having two top 10 teams losing, North Carolina and Duke both beating top 10 teams. So a lot going on in the world of college basketball. Um, we're excited for that. Appreciate everyone tuning in for this year. Um, it's been a lot of fun getting back in the saddle here at the Ringer and with One Shining Podcast. Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? We got some great shout outs. We got the big games that happened, games to watch. Happy holidays. We got refs punching eighth graders. Rick oh, Petito wouldn't piss on Louisville if it was on fire. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. Welcome to One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier. It is Thursday, December 21st, and we have a friend of the program and one of my favorite people in basketball, a hoopologist, some would say. He is three-time <laughs> NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. What up, BJ? Tate, it's always a pleasure to hear that voice, to see you. <laughs> Even though it's over Zoom, I, I got to see you in person. It seems like I haven't seen you forever. However... You know, you're doing a terrific job. Thanks again for having me on. And uh, I'm sure we're going to take a deep dive into a little hoop, you know, college and pros. Yeah, you know what it is. And uh, it's been a long time. We got to go play some golf. We got to I, I want to talk about you going to a Detroit Lions game with my tickets. We'll get to that a little bit later. What a what a great time for you, Detroit Lions. I, I, I love to see it. Anytime I see Detroit win a game, I immediately think of B.J. Armstrong being a happy man. And you deserve it. You've gone through some, some oh. miserable years there with your Lions. But I want to start here. How much college basketball are you watching right now, B.J. Armstrong? And, like, how much are you hearing about college basketball? Because it's kind of been a great season, but it still feels a little under the radar for, like, the general fan and the, and the general basketball head to be talking about. 
Well, I think you hit it right on the head there. For the general fan, which I am a general fan, nothing like you and others who just, you know, they're on, they have the pulse of college basketball. I've watched a little bit. I've been to a few games. Mm. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, for work, I kind of <laughs> watch it, you know, for work. You kind of have my, to, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, but I haven't, <laughs> followed it as closely as I probably should. Okay. So, you know, at some point after the new year, I always call you and buck you to see what's going on and and find out because you're my, you know, you're my unofficial scout for uh, college basketball. And it kind of let me know who I need to see. So, but I, I've seen a few players down there, must admit. Uh, I've seen a little bit, but I haven't followed it as closely as I probably, you know, every time I turn around, there's a, there's some tournament going on. There's a tournament yeah, in the right. Bahamas. There's a tournament. Last night I was out and there was a, the, the Jordan, it was a Jordan thing all over. The and Jumpman I saw invitational. Right. Yeah. The Jumpman invitational. And then there's a thing <laughs> in Hawaii. And then there's, I mean, I can't keep up with all of this, you know? <laughs> so I think at some point, Tate, you and I are going to have to put on our own tournament somewhere in the world because now clearly people were moving around and we're going to have to figure this out. But, you know, I, I, I must, uh, I must admit, I'm just a casual fan at this stage of my life. Yeah. Are you watching the Iowa Hawkeys? Uh, that, that's, I know that's something oh, near and dear to your heart. You're always yeah, keeping up with Iowa. Okay. Deep down. It's tough right now. You know what? It's <laughs> friends getting tossed out of games. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You know what? I, I don't want to talk about that right now. You know what? I'm, I'm watching Clayton, Caitlin, Caitlin, Clayton, Caitlin Clark. You know, I'm watching her, you know? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Caitlin Clark? I was going to say the good news, if you're an uh, Iowa uh, basketball the, fan, is you do have the biggest star maybe in basketball right now. There's no more debate. She is the greatest guard to ever come through there. She's mm. the greatest player to come through there, regardless, men or women. She's just phenomenal. I mean, you know what I love more about her than anything is her confidence. I mean, that, that young woman has confidence. And her confidence and her ability to play is obvious. But her confidence to, like, perform under pressure is what I really expect. Mm. You know, and, and to watch her this year is even more impressive than previous years because now you know the scouting report. It's not, it's not like we're coming to the game going, well, let's see who's good. Like, you're coming to the game and you know she's going to get the ball, check. You know she's going to be the primary offensive thrust, check. We're going to double team her, check. And she's made adjustments, Tate, and she's just getting it done, okay? Yeah. And she's performing. And she's responding under pressure in big moments. and. She's entertaining. Now she's she's crossed over into the rarefied space now of what a great player looks like. Because yes, you perform, however, you entertain. And she knows everyone's in the building to see her. Okay. And she continues to bring her team along. Coachable, great takes. She's giving fives during the game. She's <laughs> hey, hey, hey. She's got a little feistiness to her, which yeah, I got love. a little swag to her. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, without question. I mean, she is one of the great players of all time. I just love her mentality. I look for the mentality of great players. She has it. She has the mentality to because she's aware of everything. And you know, and the last thing I'll say, because I can go on and on about her. I had a chance to meet her when I was there recently for the first time. I mean, just a, just a, a beautiful young woman, very kind, humble, and all those things. 
But you know, the thing that, that was very obvious when you meet, like when you meet like great players or great people, you know, she has a presence about her, you know, mm -hmm. she's in the room. And that was the thing that was very obvious. She wasn't the loudest in the room, but you know, they are in the room. You kind of know what I mean. Take, you know, like you feel them, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, you feel their presence in the room. She has that. And um, so I, I'm following them, but the men's team right now is it's tough. But we're hanging in there. We're we're still we're still singing the fight song, the Iowa Hawkeyes over here. But it's our men's team is struggling, but the women's team is doing phenomenal. So uh, we're we're good. Well, it's funny how you describe Caitlin Clark and, and you say all these things. It's the it factor. I feel like there's this conversation that's kind of happening in the NBA right now where we're trying to figure out who the next American star is, right? And and you all those factors and intangibles being entertaining, having, you know, kind of captured the American audience. Like Caitlin Clark has done all those things. And we're trying to find what that looks like on the men's side, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that have pointed to, you know, John Moran or Zion Williamson or whoever it may be at certain points. Yeah. Anthony Edwards, um, right? Right now, like, who do you think kind of has that 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 responsibility, or is it kind of more of a group of guys? You know what I mean? Is it? Well, is it yeah. You know, De'Aaron Fox is another name you and I have been talking yeah. about separately. So well, I mean, there's know, a lot of guys that could be. You know, you know, take the the one thing. I, I, first of all, that's a phenomenal question, and I'm not even sure where this answer is going to go. However, I can tell you what is going on in professional sports as far as the men's side. When I watch women's basketball, the one thing that really stands out to me with the women's basketball is the coach and player relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. The relationship of the, uh, I, I, don't know if, I don't want to mispronounce her name, the coach from LSU and Angel Reese, for instance. Kim Mulkey. Yeah. Kim, Kim Mulkey, right? The coaches for the uh, Las Vegas Aces. Okay. When I start to watch these relationships, Caitlin Clark, right? I go, these women, these great players have allowed themselves to be coached. And they're being coached hard. When I think back on what's going on now, on the men's side, who is being coached hard? right now. You don't see that often anymore. Like who's allowing themselves to be coached hard? I had, I had one of my, a great coach of mine, one of, I respected. He asked me a very important question. He said, do I have permission to tell you the truth? That's a very important question for any young player. I don't care, men's, women, whatever sport. Because when you empower someone to tell you the truth Tate. it gives you a connection with that other individual one the other individual there you know that under that that coach has your his intentions are correct mm -hmm. you know that his he's he's coaching you because he wants to bring out the very best in you you know there's a difference between criticizing and constructive criticism Tate, I just really think right now, when you watch men's basketball, very rarely now do you see tough coaching. I feel like T Tibbs and Brunson are probably the two guys that come to mind when I when you think about tough coaching and, and player-coach relationship and, right and now. It, it, it's very rare. Now, mm -hmm. I happen to know Jalen Brunson's 
dad. Rick. Yep. <laughs> okay. He's he's a tough guy. Yeah, we saw that video. That video just came out where Brunson's yeah, got the Virginia I, I, basketball I, camp shirt he, on and he's he making is him. without question a truth teller. <laughs> yes. Without question. Okay. And you have to be prepared for that because the mentor student relationship is very, very important. You don't see tough coaching anymore on the men's side, but you see tough coaching on the women's side. Dawn Staley, right? I mean, <laughs> oh man. Hey, hey, hey. If, if if you can't if you can't be coached like that, you probably don't want to be a great player. Because she's gonna, I don't care who you are. Another great name. So I think it is no accident what you're seeing in the women's game because of the level of coaching that you're getting. Tough coaching. Not that, not that the guys on the men's side aren't tough. It's just now we're going through a phase where there aren't a lot of players who are allowing these coaches to coach them in a very tough way. Hmm. However, when you go abroad, Jokic has been coached tough. Luka Doncic has been coached tough. Giannis has been coached tough. Embiid has been coached tough. And you could see now the trend. At some point here, we would hope that back on this side of the pond, that our young players are going to allow us to coach them in a tough way so that you can talk about who's going to be the next whoever, but it's going to start there where you're going to have to allow that student teacher relationship to evolve to a space where now you're going to get the best of the coaches and you're going to get the best of the players because they work in a way that they both need each other. And that's the difference that I've been seeing with the women's. And that's why they have so many star players now. Mm. That's why they have have so many star players. The, the, The women have done a much better job, in my opinion, than the men have with this generation and dealing whatever problems you got to deal with. So, you know, my hat off to the women's coaches, to the women's game at both levels. I think the collegiate women and the, the pro level, they're really, I mean, they're, 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 they're tough. <laughs> they're not messing around. When you watch the WNBA, that's a tough game. And it starts there with their leadership and the women and the women that are playing that game. Yeah, Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson. I mean, that oh. Aces team, I mean, they're they're kind of like a dynasty that, that's waiting to happen. And then once you get Caitlin Clark in the WNBA, you got another face. You got Sabrina in New York. I mean, there there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot to build on on the women's side, which is fascinating. It is Christmas time, BJ. So I kind of want to do a little bit of a basketball wish list with okay. you. I'm going to throw, throw out some of my Christmas wishes and you tell me how plausible that they are. Um, one thing I have to see, and there's a lot of conversation about who's the face of the NBA right now, right? I personally would say Giannis. Um, some people would say it's Nikola Jokic, and and I think that's a very fair point. So on my wish list, I would love to see Giannis and Dame take on Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in the NBA Finals. How realistic is that from your vantage point? Do you think that could be uh, the NBA Finals matchup this season? I, you know, Tate, I think that's a very realistic point, a uh, very realistic thing that could be realized this year. You know, Giannis, without question, is, you know, you know, I, I think the world of Giannis. And, you know, I think without question for me, if you just said an individual talent, you know, Giannis does it for me on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. What he's able to do defensively, what he's able to do offensively, 
I think he, the way the game is played downhill, so forth and so on, he's evolving as a passer. He's getting more consistent as an, as an offensive player on the perimeter. And of course, Jokic, I mean, you know, Jokic in many regards, Tate, he's redefined the game because you can't play small ball against him. He's the mm-hmm. one player. He kind of recentered the not to be a pun, but he kind of recentered yeah. basketball. You know what yes, I mean? He like yes. he, he put it back. He, he pushed the reset button mm-hmm. on the game of basketball in this generation because you can't play small ball against him. Okay. You, 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 I don't care who you and are. And if you do, he can put he, up 60 no, points. He will put up, <laughs> he's putting up already ridiculous numbers. But if you play small ball versus him, he'll put up historical numbers. Mm-hmm. And and why do I say that? The Minnesota Timberwolves this year are the beneficiaries of, of, of Jokic because they were the first team to me that built their team saying, we know we can't beat him with small ball. I don't know how to beat him yet, but I know we can't go small against him. We need bigs. We we, need they, bigs. Were the, they were the first team to make okay. a move reacting, reacting to, Jokic. to Jokic. Okay. And it's their GM. Guess who drafted Jokic? Yeah, he came from Denver. He came from Denver. Okay. Then they built a team, which they got some criticism. Oh, I don't know if these guys can play, you know, these two bigs can play together, Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert, and we've gone through that. And now you look at the team, you're saying, they're probably the only team that's been constructed saying, we know we can't beat him playing small. We know we can't beat him playing small. On paper, they can match up with them because they have 12 fouls, 12 good Mm -hmm. fouls, I would add, to play against him. And they have a guard to play against their all-star guard in, in, in Anthony Edwards. So the construction of their team is a team to me is what's the only way you're going to be able to beat him. And he's going to be here for the next 10 years, by the way, competing at a very, very elite level. So I think the game has, you know, it's, it's, it's been reset. The reset button has been pushed by Jokic. Embiid is doing the same thing in the Eastern Conference, even though he has a. And you got Maxi right to be that Maxie. guard for them. And, and then, if you look at the Bucks, you got Dame Lillard, and, and then you got Giannis and Brooke Lopez, and this, right? Absolutely. So to me, the league now, and when you watch the league, I I can't recall Tate in a long time have I seen so many mid range shots during the regular season. Normally, you'll see that in the playoffs because everyone's just trying to get the best shot available. However, now what you're seeing is teams playing with bigger players because Jokic is a problem and everyone knows it. No one is saying this, but everyone knows. And their front court, right? When you got Aaron Gordon, you got Michael Porter Jr. Everybody's 6'9", 6'10", or, or, you know, or above. Because you're not going to, you're not going to beat him with small ball. Small ball, I'm going to tell you, you know, small ball, I, I get it. I get why teams went to small ball. You counter it with speed and quickness. Speed and quickness doesn't bother him because he has size and strength. Okay, he's he he may not move fast, but he thinks incredibly fast. He thinks incredibly fast. He's like five steps ahead of seems like the opposition the way he plays. All right, he's moving that ball around. I mean, that thing is buzzing around you. He's passing her over your head. 
And nothing's premeditated here. with Jokic. Yeah, I think that's just, why he drives people and, crazy. And, and I mean, he, he reacts to, to what you're doing. Right. So Jokic, to me, right now has really forced everyone else to reset how they're going to build their team. And no one's saying it, but you can clearly see it now. And with that, Tate, I think now the game is probably going to go in another direction right now. As in the metaverse is going to go on a different timeline. <laughs> right. So, you know, we have Jokic to think that. And I'm interested to see. And now you got Wimbenyama, you got these kids like Chet Holmgren, you got all of these kids who are big kids, right? They're not big like Jokic, but they're tall. So mm-hmm. I think the game is going to go in another direction. And my realized dream of having 10 seven-footers on the floor is closer and closer. Because that's what I want. Say, I yeah. want the seven-footers on the floor. And I got a nice nickname for you, Tall Ball. You know oh, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's you, what I you say, yeah, we play Tall Ball. You know, you guys want to play well, small ball, we play Tall Ball. Let's patent that now before, <laughs> it, before. Let's get that done, right? Get your producers to get that. Tall Ball right. was started here with us, <laughs> okay? Before the other networks take it. We started it here, but you're absolutely right. Tall ball is here. The center position was the last position to adjust to this new style, but now they've caught on. And now they're going to take it in a whole new direction. And you're absolutely right, Tate. And I can't wait to, you know, if my wish does come true, when we get Giannis versus Jokic, Giannis slides down to the five. And he and Jokic go head-to-head in crunch time. Uh, you know what I mean? Who knows what it looks like? But I, I I, think that'd be a fascinating matchup. The next one on my wish list, BJ, I want SGA versus De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs. I mean, you're the guard guru. You're keeping up with all these guards. These two guys went at it the other night, and I was fascinated by it. And I do think De'Aaron Fox is one of the best point guards in the NBA right now. And definitely, the, you know, the argue, arguably the best American point guard in the NBA. But if we get those two guys Ooh. in the playoffs, I mean, that that that's on my wish list. How, how plausible is that? And would you like to see that? Well, I would. But right now, as, you know, Shea, without question, he's, because of his size. De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox, De'Aaron Fox is, without question, the best American guard, lead guard in the NBA right now. Whether right now. Now, and I can say that now because our good friend down there in Memphis, he's only got one game under his belt this year. Yeah, okay. he's, but he, but after, he looks. But after like, one looks game, like you're already back. saying, <laughs> "Oh damn!" Hey, hey, hey! He's back. Okay, <laughs> okay. So let me just say this to make sure that I haven't forgot about him. That kid, John Morant, he's special. Hey. No, when, no, when, no, when he's no, playing hey, basketball, he's special. Hey, hey, hey. I only talk about what's going on on the court here. Okay, right. I when I talk. Hey, Whatever's going on off the court, there's other. You can get your information. Yeah, your, you're, your like, news, you're like you're uh, like that, that, that ain't my that ain't my I'm business. standing my lane <laughs> on the court. <laughs> okay, but I can only talk about who I've seen on the court. I've only <laughs> seen him play in one game this year. But after one game, I can say this problem. Yeah, yeah, he's he's right there. It's a, he's right there. Okay, and you got now, you got Derek down there with him, right? So Derek's giving him some game. I'm sure on the side. I, I'm just, I, you know what. <laughs> We gotta have a we gotta have a podcast because what Derek is sharing with me, I'm even more impressed with the kid now, you know? <laughs> and that's coming from my good that's coming from our good friend, Derek Rose. Right. So we think the world of John Morant. We think the world of him. But we gotta go with what we've seen. De'Aaron Fox is is there. Okay. De'Aaron Fox is like phenomenal. I think he is right now, currently, the best player, best bleed guard. Shea Alexander, Tate, he just, he's, 
he's he he's too big. You know what I mean? Like it's kind he's of like, like a shooting guard playing point guard, and you know he's it, legit you know, six like, five six it's six. It's like okay, like you know, you said yeah. In, in our era, we had lead guards, and then there was Magic Johnson. It was like he was just in a separate category. <laughs> you know, it was like everybody else was Isaiah Thomas, da 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 da. And then there was just Magic Johnson. Everyone's like, okay, that's just Magic. And then here's the rest of them. That's how I look at Shea. Shea is what? Every bit of 6'5", 6'6". And how do you compare that with a guy who's 6'2", 6'3"? You don't. Shea just, you know, he just, he tortures the smaller guards. You know, and every time I see him, I go, man, you don't like me or something? You don't like us? What's going on? He just always laughs. Because he just like posts us up, shoots over the top of us. You know, it's like we're pressuring him and he just kind of looks over the top. Kind of reminds me like of magic, how he treated us. Like, eh, he just put his hand and guide us up to court because he was so much bigger than all the other players. So, And then just Shea, back you down in the post yeah, and then turn Shea into a post like, player. So, right. you know, ladies and gentlemen, Shea, you just say, just, let's just watch him from a different lens. Because he's 6'6", he's a scorer. He just does whatever he wants. I mean, he, he just bullies. He just bullies the smaller guards. Hmm. goes around him at will. He's got a great handle. He's not worried about some 6'2 guard blocking his shot. He's just like, okay, good defense. <laughs> Better luck next time. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just, um, but as far as the guards, I, I got to give it to Shea right now. He's he's playing on a whole he's on a different level. level. He's first team and, all and, NBA, MVP yeah, he's first candidate. Team, right. And right now he's figured out how to incorporate the team to play with him. Mm-hmm. So right now, I think they're in second place right now in the Western Conference, which to me is phenomenal. And you, I love to see the growth in young players. And now he's, last year he was first team all NBA. This year he has his team almost in first place. Okay. Which is very meaningful to any organization when your best player now starts to play winning basketball, a winning brand of basketball. And uh, he's just, he's a sensational player. And it's kind of funny because he's averaging 31 points per game just like he did last year, but he's playing winning basketball while still averaging that level of scoring. So, I mean, that that's well, the other well, part I mean, of this game. getting Chet back doesn't doesn't hurt. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> yeah. that, it doesn't hurt. That's I right. mean, Chet is, I mean, I know he's only a rookie. Technically, he's only a rookie. But like I said, it's it's what's great is when you find great players who are can play with other great, very, very talented or great talented players like Chad and all the guys that they have there, you know, that, that says something about this group. So give OKC credit. They, you know, they've really taken their team to another level this year. Uh, last year, I know they, they did the play in, I think mm-hmm. uh, last year, but this year they look like they're going to, you know, solidify their spot to be in the playoffs, which is a great leap for that organization. Yeah. Let's talk about Chicago. Um, my guy, Kobe White. I mean, how how uh, fun has it uh, been uh, to watch uh, Kobe uh, White? Uh, 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 what what do you want me to say? Let, let me just let me get out this man's way and just watch. <laughs> okay, just what can I say? You know, sometimes you're better by subtraction. You know, if you would have told me Zach Levine is going to be out for an extended amount of time, and they were going to go seventy three in the next ten games, I would have been like, "What are you watching?" I mean, this team is. <laughs> I mean, they their struggles are like very well documented. Like they were packing it up. You know what I mean? It was season Yeah, over. I mean, it was. But I'm going to say this. You know, you can't ever forget this. You know, leadership is important. Billy Donovan was a Hall of Fame coach at the collegiate level. He mm-hmm. is a really good coach. Okay. Last and now. Last coach to win back-to-back titles. Yeah, he he is. You know, he's probably coached more games now. I don't know this for sure. He's probably coached more games now in the pros than he did in college. 
So he knows what he's doing. And he somehow, some way, he's figured this out minus Zach Levine. I don't know what he's figured out. Kobe White's there. DeMar DeRozan seems, you know, we talk about LeBron James. DeMar DeRozan has lived in the, in the, you know, it's so much. He's like the old guy on, on the porch now. You know, if you just sit there and you sit there long enough, you're going to see it again. Well, we went away from the mid-range. We went to the three-point. We went to the getting to the basket. And now we've come back and now the mid-range and DeMar DeRozan's still there sitting going, hey, where you guys go? You know, he's, right. still, he's still sitting there playing as an elite player at this age just from the mid-range. Oh, he can't. Oh, yeah. How many times we say, oh, he can't shoot the three ball. You know, the game has evolved. Well, let me tell you something. You would have a player who can put that ball in the basket. He's a professional scorer. And DeMar DeRozan has been a pro for a long, long time. And he's been doing this same thing in the same spot for a long time now. And Toronto, San Antonio, Chicago. And and you got to give him credit. I mean, DeMar DeRozan understands that. But Kobe White, a guy, uh, Williams, with Patrick Williams down there. He's two North Carolina kids. Yeah, he's coming around and he's so I didn't expect this, but it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch players kind of grow. And and develop, you know, we're taking these kids so young and, and then we want them to be stars immediately. But those kids have come around and they're playing good basketball. So suddenly, you know, they should be feeling good about themselves up there in Chicago. Yeah, Kobe White, uh, you know, some people voting for him right now to be an all-star. So there, there's some uh, some good chatter well, up there in Chicago. This? We should just at least put him in, the, in one of the most improved. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's all-star. I think that will probably be reserved for DeMar DeRozan if anybody should be named an all-star. However, most improved, without question, Kobe White right here. Another thing. So we got two things going here to tell you. We got a great show going. Yeah, another wish list for me, BJ. Detroit. Um, one, I want the Lions to get in the playoffs and win a game. That, that's on my wish list. So, so shout out to the oh, Lions. Can, can hey, you just talk hey, about hey, how hey, fun hey, it hey, is hey, to watch hey. the Lions this year? You know, we got to scream this. You know, we, we, <laughs> we in the coaching profession, we love to whisper criticism. But we scream praise. Feel the roar. Feel the roar, Tate. We're, hey, the city of Detroit right now is on fire. Tate, you were kind enough to allow me to borrow the tickets for one game there. Was it SoFi? Is that what it is? Yeah, SoFi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we travel well. Tate, we travel incredibly (laughs) well. The Lions, I didn't realize. There were so many Lions fans in the city of Los Angeles. The place was filled with Lions fans. We took over the building. We Mm. took it over. I'll see you, Tate, in Vegas. I'll see you in Vegas. We're not going for one win. We feel good. We've never been in this position before. I've never been in this position as a Lions fan my whole life. And Tate, I'm, I'm expecting more than one win. I'm just going to be, I got to put it out on the line. You know what I mean? I got to put it out on the line. I like it. You want a Cinderella run to the Super Bowl. That's what you want from the Detroit Lions. (laughs) We deserve it, Tate. We've we've experienced every other thing other than the Super Bowl. We had nothing else left but to win the Super Bowl this year. So Hmm. you know what? But it's been great. You know, us Lions fans, it's been phenomenal. We can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, I wear I, my, my pride of wearing my Lions gear now 
It's unbelievable. Even my kids are saying it's okay for me to wear my Lions gear. So it's 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 all good up there. Yeah, it's good when it works out. And, uh, you know, you guys were probably the most patient fan base in all of sports. And, <laughs> you think? Uh, you yeah, think? right. So so it's nice to see the Lions get one. Uh, the last two things on my wish list, uh, for Wimby to start winning some basketball games. Uh, are, are we worried about the Wimby experience? And how do we get him a point guard, BJ? You are the guard guru. How do we get someone to get him the basketball? Well, you know, I'm not worried about this kid. Because this kid, every time I watch him, they're the most watched team that, that has only won like three or four games in the league. Every time I watch this young man tape, I come away and I go, wow. Now, Greg Popovich, Coach Popovich, has been around long enough to know the following. If he wanted to win more games, he could. Just by putting a guard in there. Mm-hmm. But I admire what he's doing right now because he's developing these other players to see what he has. Like those other kids, they have no idea how lucky they are to be playing positions where we know they're probably not going to end up. You know, I don't, the one kid, is it Sochin? I think that's his name. Sohan. Yeah, Jimmy Sohan. Sohan. Yeah, Sohan. From Baylor. Yep. That kid is not a point guard. However, to be able to have an opportunity to play full-time as a lead guard in this league will be very beneficial to him some, somewhere in his career. For those other kids to be getting these minutes and playing meaningful minutes is going to be very beneficial to them and the Spurs franchise. I love what coach is, coach is doing there is because he's like, he's like I'll, I'll take that responsibility. However, I'm expecting you guys to play hard and develop and show progress. And when you watch them, they'll have a quarter or two every game where you'll go, and this team could be pretty good. Now, are they closing games? No. Are they winning games? No. But you see this kid, Wim Binyama, he'll play the three sometime. He'll play the four sometime. I watched him the other night play the five versus Anthony Davis, and you were like, I think I can win with a guy getting 30 and like 17. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I mean, say you have a guy who can get you 30 and 17 in his rookie year, and then the other night he gets like eight blocks. You're saying, I'll figure that out. You, they, you know what I mean? Like you could see this team, what they were doing individually. And at some point, you know, Coach Pop is going to say, okay, we're ready. You, you know, at some point he's going to say that. So I love what they're doing. I love the development of their young guys. And even though they're not winning, I think they all have the confidence to say, you know what? Our job right now is to develop. See, that's mm-hmm. the hard part about when you, when you decide to develop. There's a way to do it. You have to develop, but the players have to get better while you're going through this process so that they can understand why we are working and what's needed to work and understand how hard it is to win in this league. And... I will say this about the Spurs. The Spurs have a plan. You can see their plan. Wimbyama, I mean. He's plan A, B, and C. Yeah. I'm going to say this to all the other teams, all the other 29 teams in the league. You better beat him now. You better beat that kid now. Because Tate with a few pounds of muscle put on him, 
I don't think there's any, anything that we can do other than just to admire his greatness. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tate, he's really, he shows flashes right now that you really have to look, oh, I've never seen that before. I mean, this kid is, he's not, he's not, ex he hasn't been a big guy who just extended his range to three. He can shoot. He's dunking over you, left hand, right hand. He's blocking shots. He's playing from the post. He's playing from the mid-range. His pick and pop game, what are you going to do? Block his three? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Like, once he kind of figures this all out, you and I will be lucky enough to say, hey, man, we saw him. We saw him from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we saw him early. Right? Yeah, we saw him. So I'm excited to see where they go. But you could, without question, you can see they have a plan there. Yeah, one last wish. Uh, Detroit basketball, the Pistons. Oh, we gotta I knew get you our, were going there. I knew you I, were I, going there. I know there. you don't want to talk about it, but we, we got to, I just want, that's my, I'm writing to Santa right now. Let's get Detroit, you know, let's get Detroit basketball back on track. You know what I mean? That, that, we don't have to dive too deep into it, but I, I, want, I want our guy Cade to get better. Want him to, oh. to start getting some some dubs. He played good the other night, but uh, I'm just, I'm writing to Santa right now. We need Detroit basketball back. Okay. Yes, we do. We need Detroit basketball back, okay? And it's tough right now. But I still got my Pistons gear on. But it's tough mm -hmm. right now to watch our Pistons. Because we, we, I mean, this is one of the story franchises in the NBA, okay? When you're talking about championship organizations, right? You know, the Celtics, Lakers, Bulls, San Antonio, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, right? I think they got, what, three mm -hmm. championships up there? Yep. The great bad boy era. Then Ben Wallace and those guys, they get they go to the finals twice, win a championship. You know, when you think of Joe Dumars and all of the guys, it's tough right now. It's tough. And just as we touched, talked about San Antonio, you know, right now, you know, it, 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 it's they've had a coaching change. You know, Monty has been around. He's a terrific coach. However, you know, he's just getting there. It's not like Pop who, Pop is Pop. Like, who's going to question Pop? What's Pop doing? What are you going to say? He doesn't know what he's doing? Of course he knows what he's doing. Monty, you know what he's doing, but he just got there. Okay, he. I mean, he literally just got there. He's got, what, 25 games or so <laughs> under his belt in Detroit? And this it, is a team that he's not familiar with. He's trying yes, to figure out who yes, guys are, yes, right? What yes. roles should be. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It seems like just a it's lot a, to like, figure out. It's a lot to figure out right now. So in saying that, it's a different situation. You know, Cade is just getting back. He was out all practically all of last year. Jalen Duren is out again with the ankle injury. You know, we're trying to figure out who we are, what we are, what we're doing as far as you know, who's our core guys? Mm -hmm. Okay, Who's the backcourt? I mean, we thought Ivy yeah. and Cunningham would Ivy, be the backcourt. Yes, and, you know, so far that hasn't worked out. But, you know, we're, we're sticking with, our, with, 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 with the players that we have up there. So I like their talent. Now, that I like. I like their talent. And the reason it's, it, it's tough up there, because I think their talent is better than their record right now. Mm -hmm. I, I really thought they were, did I think they were going to be a playoff team? No, I didn't think that. But I like their talent. When you look at Cade, Ivy, Dern, you know what I mean? You know, Beast you got Stu. Bogdanovich, Beef Stew. You're saying, some good players. Mm -hmm. You know, the Thompson kid looked like he's going to be a terrific kid. You know, Burks, 
Killian Hayes. So I, I, I don't know what to think right now. Hopefully, Tate, that this young team can figure out and maintain their confidence throughout all of this and that we can have the patience. But it's tough right now. It, it, and, and there's no way around it. When you lose like this, Tate, under these circumstances and conditions, it's tough. You don't know how young people are going to respond. It's not like they're accomplished veteran players. Like Burks, for instance. You know, Alex Burks is, you know, he's a vet. He's like, okay. You know, I'm, you know, I, he's got to see it. it. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, what it is, yeah. Right. You know, Bodanovich. Okay. But these are the other guys are young players. Some of them, this is the only team they've ever been on. So when you start and looking they've never at lost the, in their life, you know, yes, at any level. Yes. So, you know, hopefully they'll come through this, but it, it's been tough to, it's been tough right now. And uh, right now I feel for the young players and the young kids there, but all of the people up there in Detroit, because that, that's tough. It's no fun losing at all. Yeah. Shout out to our guy, Troy Weaver. Uh, we still got you yes. back. We're, we're still, we're yes. still supporting. So that, that, that's Absolutely. what it is. And uh, that's, that's what I wanted to shout out on the wish list. Um, Christmas day games, NBA's back in, uh, back in front of people's eyes and they're going to be watching the Celtics and the Lakers. Are you excited for Christmas day? And then I'll let you get out of here. Last thing. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Christmas um, every year. Um, but you know, it's funny watching Christmas now because I got to watch it in a, with, from a new lens because normally this is brought right around the time when you start to see teams separate themselves. You begin the NBA all of a sudden kind of takes the forefront back in the, in the sports world. Right. But the play-in game kind of changed that. <laughs> the, the, the play-in tournament changed kind of like we were talking about the NBA in November. Now, teams were playing incredibly hard in the play-in tournament up there in Vegas. So... But I am excited. I'm excited to see it to get back to the, you know, I guess the NBA flow that we're we've become accustomed to. But I, I think it's I, I think it's going to be good. You know, there's some players missing because of various reasons. You know, off court stuff. You can get it. You know what's going on. But on the court, I'm excited. I'm excited mm. for players who are playing. John Morant gave us a little boost the other the other day down there in New Orleans. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, it's some good storylines, you know. Can Jokic and them repeat? Giannis is looking with Dame Lillard. You know, the, uh, of course, the 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 Knicks are, are going to do what the Knicks do. And uh, you know, Joel Embiid and Maxi. I mean, are they the best one-two punch right now in the NBA? So there's a lot of storylines. Um, yeah. We're looking forward down here, but um, it's going to be interesting to watch to watch what's going to happen now that this play-in tournament... The play-in tournament has got me thrown off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when they hung that banner, when they yeah, hung the in-season tournament right? banner, I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I, know what to think. Especially ne- next to the championship banners. Yeah, yeah I, I saw the champagne goggles in November. I, it kind of threw me <laughs> off a little bit. I, I was like, what's going on here? You know and what I mean? And then the Pacers and the Lakers have both struggled after the in-season tournament because, you know, they pushed themselves there. And then, a- absolutely. Yeah, right. t- you know, the travel was messed up. Then there was a time where we didn't know what teams were going to play because of, you know, you got to reschedule and all that stuff. But they figured it out. So, but I, I'm ready to get back, you know, have, you know, sit back, get, have some good food with family friends, happy holidays to everyone and watch a little basketball and, um, you know, kind of 
ease back into this thing now because uh, you know I, I was a little thrown off Tate. i was i was off hey i was literally off my rocker for a little bit you know <laughs> yeah i was a little off balance as, as well as i try to you know piece that together but yeah shout out to you and your family hope you have a happy holidays hope everybody enjoys watching the basketball and uh you can get a break you know we all need a break at this time of the year so I hope everybody is uh is able to chill out and uh you know sit back and enjoy some good food at the armstrong house so shout out to everybody there Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Tate, for having me on. I appreciate it. You're my guy. And uh, we'll do it again. We'll do it again the new year. Right. 2024. Appreciate that. Grab your game day gear because college basketball is back and FanDuel wants you to join in on all the fun. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 Moneyline bet wins. Uh, the other night, I put out some tweets about what I expected to see. You know, I had uh, UC Irvine to cover against New Mexico. That was wrong. I had Alabama to win against Arizona Moneyline. That was wrong. Um, so I had a tough beat there. But uh, if you want to look at futures, I do think that there is some uh, some good Final Four money out there. If you believe in some of these teams like, say, a UConn or, you know, some of the top four teams that we've seen this year. So go look at the futures because at least you have more fun as you wait it out to see what happens. Um, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join than right now. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet. Live, same game parlays, easily find bets in the Explore tab, dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com OSP and make this college hoop season one you want. Don't forget. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. There you have it, BJ Armstrong. Uh, we did a good job, Kyle. We we did our best there, um, you know, trying to reel him in. Sometimes when BJ gets going, uh, I feel like we could talk through the entire lineage of the NBA and how we got to where we are today. So uh, we did our best to push through. I, I think that was the that was the best version of BJ we've had so far. So happy holidays, a nice Christmas wish list, and and wish comes true. There, we love to see it. We had a thirty minute limit. We went to forty, and I think we've had a thirty minute on some of our ninety minuters. So I think this is this is really just a great job all around. Yeah, there's been some times where BJ has called me and I look up and it's an hour and a half later and we're talking about like why Hubie Brown teaching clinics needs to needs to happen again in this country. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Where? Do, how do we get here? Uh, but love BJ. Uh, appreciate him coming on the show. Love talking basketball with him. But now let's talk about some college basketball. Let's do some shout outs. Shout out the Jumpman Invitational. If you didn't watch it on Tuesday and Wednesday, but had the women's teams playing each other, had the men's teams playing each other. It was a little alternate both of those nights. And we had some great games. First, 
you know, on Tuesday, we got to see Florida, Michigan go to double overtime. Jawan Howard on the sidelines. Um, they talked about the incidents or the lack of incidents that could have happened. Who knows? Uh, a lot of mystery, um, you know, in between there. But regardless, Florida and Todd Golden, the golden boy himself, gets a win against Michigan in double overtime. That game went to triple digits. So that was a fun game. Um, and then we get North Carolina taking on number seven, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, if they're the number seven team in the country, then... Uh, that we do not have good basketball teams out here because this team is not very good. North Carolina did not play great. They probably should have won this game by 15-plus. They win by 12. Um, R.J. Davis looks great in this game. Harrison Ingram had some nice moments down the stretch. Um, Oklahoma, Porter Moser, they did their best, um, you know, coaching on the sideline, trying to get a little fiery. But this Oklahoma team still has a lot to figure out. And uh, I know the net loves this team, but right now, 10-1, and I wasn't that impressed, Kyle, um, to say the least, about this Oklahoma team. But North Carolina gets a big win. Now they have two quad one wins. I hate talking about quad one wins. But uh, beat Tennessee, beat Oklahoma. They're 8-3 and three on the year, and they should be a top-10 team going into the new year. So shout-out to Hubert Davis. He was very happy after this game. And there were reports, Kyle, that uh, Michael Jordan was very happy about the result of this game. So it was a, it was a Merry Christmas for Michael Jordan and all the Jordan fans out there um, You know, at the Jumpman Invitational. We want, we want to give a special shout-out to all the people that were running the event, they really wanted OSP there, Kyle. Um, they reached out to us multiple times. They tried to make things happen. They offered tickets. Um, they wanted they wanted us to give out free tickets. Um, but you and I, we're family guys. And uh, you had to go home and see your family at the, at the beginning of the month and do a Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas kind of uh, two-for-one deal. I was back in North Carolina with my family. So it just didn't work out. But shout out to everybody at the Jumpman Invitational. And I think right now, We'll stamp it down. Year three of the Jumpman Invitational, Kyle and I will try to make it happen. We can't we can't confirm um, anything in this life, but uh, we will try to make it happen, and we should be there. So, and they got great gift bags, Kyle. Um, they they are huge Did bags. You get guys. a gift they bag. Gave out, well, they gave out sneakers. Uh, this this to the players. Uh, ah. Shout out to Cormac Ryan and, and Paxson for for showing this off. But yeah, they got like a couple pair of Jordans. They got like a duffel bag. They got clothes. I mean, it was a whole thing. So uh, the Jumpman Invitational, good tournament. So it's, it's good to be a Jordan guy. And uh, maybe next year we get a gift bag. I'm looking forward to jumping on bandwagons instead of, you know, ground ups. <laughs> I'm more of a bandwagon dude than a ground up sort of guy, except for this yeah. uh, Patino team, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, your your boots on the ground, first on the ground for Rick Pitino. Um, shout out to Rick Pitino, by the way. They did beat Sean Miller's Xavier team 81-64 to 64, um, the other night on Wednesday night. So uh, that was a big win. And uh, that was a bad guy showcase between those two coaches, Sean Miller and Rick Pitino. Two guys that the FBI tried to take down, <laughs> but they could not do it. And they survived the day. And uh, now we get to watch them coach against each other in the Big East. Speaking of the Big East, we have a lot of uh, news in the Big East. UConn, Lou. Uh, Loses the Seton Hall. This was a Dan Hurley special, very similar to what we've seen Bill Self do in the past with Oklahoma State. You go play your alma mater and you and you throw the game uh, because you want your <laughs> alma, alma mater to go, you know, win some stuff. And uh, shout out to Shaheen Holloway. Shout out to Seton Hall. Shout out to the Pirates. This is a big win. Um, I know Bill Rafter was probably happy about this one. Um, I like UConn's kind of uh, MO this season, Kyle. It's basically we blow you out or you blow us out. There is no in-between. Um, I know the Kansas game got close there at the end, but for, for the most part, pretty much a blowout. And I know they were injured. But uh, 
Here's a stat for you. Since 2004, UConn has won the same amount of national championships as conference openers. They are 4-15 and 15, um, with their conference openers since 2004. So um, that is something to keep an eye on. So I'm not really concerned about UConn. Uh, Klingon got hurt in this game, had an ankle injury. He came back. They said he could have played if it was closer. So um, I'm not too concerned with UConn, but shout out to Seton Hall. Big win. Uh, speaking of big win, shout out to Providence. They beat another top 10 team in the Big East, Marquette, in the amp um they are 40 and 3 at home over the past 3 seasons and Jesus. i think I think it's about time we start an investigation what is going on at the amp it was the dunkin donuts arena um they have the probably the biggest home court advantage in sports um just based on those numbers they definitely do in college basketball this is blue blood status uh for providence and their home court advantage so uh, Kim English gets a big win. I'm a big a big fan of, of Kim English just as a coach and as a person. So I'm happy for, for him. I know Shaka Smart is not happy about this outcome, but this is great for the Big East fodder. This is very old Big East. This is uh, very much you come into our building, you're going to have to claw and, and work hard to get a win here. So uh, Providence gets it done. And then finally, Villanova goes to, you know, Omaha to take on our Creighton Blue Jays, uh, one word, Blue Jays, and they win in overtime. And Eric Dixon in this game is incredible. He was incredible against North Carolina in the Bahamas. He was incredible in this game. He has been incredible in general against quad one teams. Creighton, obviously, a quad, uh, a quad one team, number 14 in the country. Baylor Shireman does not make a three in this game. That was the real note for Creighton. Um, when he goes over and he doesn't shoot the ball well, it is not good news for the Blue Jays, but a big win for Villanova gets them back on the right side of the tournament conversation. I know Kyle Neptune's very happy. That was a, a nice wish list check mark for him and his staff. So Villanova gets a big win there. And speaking of Big East teams, let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils. Um, just kidding. Uh, Duke is playing <laughs> in Madison Square Garden uh, against Baylor. They get a big win. Big crowd. Um, at this game. Shout out to um, all of our, you know, friends of the program that were in attendance, that were sending boots on the ground updates on who they saw um, and what was happening. Duke fans were there. I heard them chanting, let's go Duke. They took over Madison Square Garden. They say it's Cameron North. UConn says the store is south. I just call it Madison Square Garden. Um, but regardless, uh, Duke took over. They beat the number 10 team in the country, Baylor. Um, so a, a good day for Carolina and Duke. Together, they can change the perception of the ACC. So this is a nice, like, when the when the Bloods and the Crips come together for, for the good of the neighborhood. This is, you know, we are enemies now, but for the good of the ACC, we have to be better. And uh, UNC and, and Duke get two wins over top 10 teams. So that was good to see. So only two losses for Baylor, huh? I mean, I, I feel like they've been lost, losing left to right, but they have not. It was just Michigan State and and Duke so far. So Baylor how, still... How signature can those wins be? Like, basically, Tom Izzo and Duke are using Baylor as a way to prop up their season. As Like, it, we we have Mike DeCourcy going on Fox being like, here's why Michigan State is a tournament team. Um why are we talking about the tournament in December? God only knows. But that that is where we're at now, where it's like beating Baylor is the one thing you can hang your hat on. But are we sure Baylor's actually yeah. good? That I'm is looking at their question. wins. I don't know. I'm yeah. Kansas City, Gardner-Webb, Oregon State, Nichols, Florida, Northwestern yeah. State. So, yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to wait as to play it. So they're 10 now. Do you see that changing? Yes. I mean, they, they should be probably out of the top 25, I would think. But, Ooh, uh, you know, Baylor... 
Baylor fans would not be happy to hear that, but I mean, you can't you can't lose to to Michigan State, who has looked terrible at times. But then again, JMU is kind of propped up by beating Michigan State. So you know, JMU, best offense in the country, top twenty five team, undefeated, one of the three undefeated teams in college basketball. But their signature win against is against Michigan State. Are we sure Michigan five State's good? But then their signature wins against Baylor. Are we sure Baylor's good? <laughs> There's this whole domino effect um, that we're trying to keep up with. I don't know who's good. Um, um, but I do know this: Oklahoma is not very good, um, unless things drastically change uh, for that team. But um, you know, we'll we'll keep pushing. We'll keep trying to figure it out. Um, Arizona is good. Arizona beat Alabama in the Colangelo Classic. This was played in Phoenix, uh, played in the Suns Arena. And the funniest thing about this game, if you did not watch it, both these teams refused to shoot college threes because they were in the Phoenix Suns Arena and they had the NBA three. Caleb Love. Um, who had some foul trouble in this game, but everybody in this game, for the most part, on both sides of the ball, they saw the NBA three-point line and they said, this is when I go off. This is when I show NBA scouts, this is what I do. So nobody would take a three at the actual college line. They all took it from the NBA line and they shot terribly from the NBA (laughs) three-point line. Uh, Both these teams are typically good three-point shooting teams. So uh, shout out to Arizona. That was a big win over Alabama. Um, Most people would see Alabama's record six and five and say, oh my God, are they on the wrong side of the bubble? Where do they stand right now? Now, if you go to your Google right now and just type in net rankings, you will see that Alabama, after losing this game and dropping to six and five, is now 10th in the net. Um, they are they are number 10 in the net. Uh, they only fell one spot from number nine to number 10. So um, the net, obviously a great system that everybody can agree on. It's just incredible stuff. So Alabama at six and five, number 10 in the net. Um, Duke beats the top 10 team. They move up to number 17 in the net. So they're about seven spots uh, behind Alabama right now. And if you thought I'd be defending Duke on this show, well, it's happening right now in real time. So uh, the net continues doing what the net does. We don't know how to explain it. We just uh, try to deal with it as best we can. Uh, shout out to UCLA. Um, actually, this is a call out, I guess. UCLA loses the CSUN. And Mark Godfrey is not guys, even the coach. Lamine Janay is not playing on this team. Um, this is not the CSUN of old. This is just regular old Cal State Northridge. And they came into Poly Pavilion and put it on UCLA. UCLA made a nice little run in the second half, but they end up losing this game 76-72. And I am pressing the panic button. I'm very worried about what Mick Cronin wants to do. He kind of sent a subtle shot about NIL, saying he compared UCLA to the Cincinnati Reds and compared to the rest of the Blue Bloods to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The irony of that is that he is in Los Angeles, um, you know, not in Cincinnati, where he did coach before. I don't, I, I, I maybe he needs to update that one, but um, he's basically saying UCLA is not playing big boy basketball right now, and they're not getting the uh, the NIL opportunities that he would hope that they would. So, something to keep an eye on. It's why Louisville, Louisville's an open job eventually. I think I I follow CSUN uh, on Twitter, obviously. Uh, been been doing that for a couple of years now. I think yeah. they said it was like the first time in 22 or 20. It's 20 something years. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the tweet. I cannot, but I remember seeing it. It was like tw- <laughs> it was over 20 years since they I don't know if it was beat. Just, UCLA just say, yeah, yeah. Over, over 25 years. It's been at least at least 25 years since they beat UCLA in yeah, Poly Pavilion or, or on campus there in Westwood. So very tough to see. I can see the frustration from Mick Cronin. I think this team has a lot of talented pieces. They're just not a great team together. Um, There's a lot to figure out. But I do think Mick Cronin, I don't know who his agent is. I don't know. uh, You know, I haven't heard any actual sources about this. But I do think that there's a world in which Mick Cronin may look elsewhere. But um, pushing that Midwest narrative. I just think it's going to happen, Kyle. I read it. 
I read it on a man's face. I'm not a body language doctor, but I do work for one. And he has taught me a few things. And I look at McCrone and, and I know a little bit about, you know, his thoughts on L.A. in general. So um, it's just something to keep an eye on. Speaking of Louisville, let's talk about Kenny Payne. This is a quote from Kenny Payne talking about playing Kentucky and Coach Cow. He said, quote, he wants to beat me down and I want to win by one and then I'll be happy. Um that is not a Michael Scott quote. That is not um, a made-up quote. That is Kenny Payne talking about playing John Calipari. He said he wants to beat me down, and I'd be happy just winning by one. <laughs> what in the world is going on? This this can't continue. There has to be an end. And I do think if John Calipari in Kentucky does beat down Louisville, as we suspected they will, um, this this should be the, the, the first step out the door. Um, and eight, $8 million dollars. If you're if you're Kenny Payne though, I would I would take eight million dollars to stop getting asked questions about why my team sucks. You know what I mean? A million and, percent, and, right? And maybe I go get on staff with Cal Perry again. I, who knows? I mean, this would be just it would be merciful options. at this point. It would be merciful. Yes. it's like they didn't they didn't make Staley finish the season either. You know, just mm. just do everyone. This is really a, it's a win 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 for yeah. everyone. You have to get yeah, you You're a nice guy. You're a good guy. We like you. We want you to be involved with the program, just not as our head coach. Thank you for your service. Here's $8 million. <laughs> right. Let's call Mick Cronin. Um, that, that's what I think. Uh, I think that's the plan. That's the that's the plan for everybody. Speaking of uh, Kentucky, Big Z, this is the Big Z mystery. He's the big man that they, that they brought over. He's been here um, for 69 days. He has been trying to get his eligibility from uh, the NCAA, but he put out like a, a notes app, like report uh, update on where he is. He's basically like, if they don't approve me soon, I will be going back home and I will be training for the NBA, not at Kentucky. So if they, if they lose this appeal, if the NCAA doesn't do something soon, Big Z says he's out. So this is, uh, we've talked about the three seven footers that Calipari has. He's got Bradshaw back. He wants Big Z to be back. Big Z is uh, one of his favorite players on the team, but right now it's a mystery. When we get Kyle Mann back, we'll talk to him about it. But it could be by the start of the new year that it's over with, um, you know, that he might be back training for the uh, the NBA draft on his own. So uh, shout out to Big Z. Shout out to the mystery. Um, shout out to Penny Hardaway. Memphis, uh, they beat down Virginia 77 to 54. If you watch this game, uh, it was at Memphis. It was packed. Um, I'm sure our guy Chris Vernon was there. Gary Paris is probably in the building somewhere. But um, Virginia cannot score the basketball. And eventually you get tired of playing defense when you can't score the basketball. It becomes deflating. This game was a perfect example of it. And Penny Hardaway, um, they have some great wins. I think they should be a top 15 team. I think we should be talking about Penny Hardaway more. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, jokes about him over the years and uh, a little bit of disrespect. So shout out to Penny Hardaway. This was a nice win. And Tony Bennett, um, I could just see his frustration on the sideline there. Again, not a body language doctor, but I could, I could read between the lines. Um, shout out to the Wazoo and Oregon State. They're going to join the WCC in basketball um, over the next two years while they figure out their future. Great for the WCC, great for Gonzaga, great for St. Mary's, great for our, our friends at LMU. Um, so shout out to Wazoo and Oregon State. We'll watch those games. We'll, su we'll support the Cougs, uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, shout out to the three remaining undefeated teams, JMU, Houston, and Ole Miss. Um, Chris Beard, we speak your name. Uh, JMU, <laughs> congratulations on uh, beating Michigan State that time. And uh, Houston, 
is just kind of lurking in the background. And you could probably make the argument that they should be the number one team in the country, but I will not be the man to make that argument. But I do have to respect them. Three undefeated teams as we get closer an inch near the new year. Um, apparently today, and I guess it would be yesterday if you're listening now, December 21st, um, it is World Basketball Day. I've never heard of this in my life, Kyle. Did you know this? This is World Basketball Day, December 21st? Is so is World Basketball Day? Is there like a, a different thing for international or national bat? Like probably there, I, there, there is just like some who companies. makes up holidays? Like who who does? Is there like a corporate office that is like we do holidays? Like we make holidays? We we designate days for things because it feels like a machine. I think they're big calendar. You know, I think that's who's doing it because there's some companies <laughs> that just calendar. like. Uh, that that they just all they have is every single day of the year is something there's a national something there's an international something and maybe world is like when they run out of license plate or phone numbers right. and they add a new area code maybe world mm. is like the new area code of of national days i don't know i don't like it i don't like that um you know every day is a different thing and and next thing you know it's national pancakes day and and like is that just is that just a marketing tool what the fuck is national pancakes day mm. so i don't know i don't know and i don't, I I don't like, want to get worked up. i feel like with social media too people make up stuff um, you know what I mean? To be like, this is it's national in- bikini day. Look at my tits. Right. I don't know. Like, right. it's like, this, <laughs> like there's it's something. national boyfriend day. Like you better <laughs> post this. And you're like, what? Like, when did yeah. this happen? When did this become a thing? I don't want to do this. Um, I don't like it. I, I thought it was because maybe James Naismith was born on December 21st. You know, no, he was born on November 6th. So ah. I, I mean, I have no idea where this damn, this damn day came from. Um, but I wanted to shout it out because I saw that was a thing and I saw people tweeting about it. And then I'm like, do I tweet something about basketball? I mean, I do like basketball. And if it is World Basketball Day, I do want to show my support. That's, what, my that's what keeps this alive. That's what keeps yeah. this alive. It's like everyone thinks it's stupid until it's their day. It's like, oh, National John Mayer Day. Great. Love, love yeah. Johnny. Great guitar player. I saw him once upon a time at Laurel Hardware. And uh, when I saw John Mayer out in public and and how like much fun he was having, I was like, I think the kids are going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think John, think John Mayer's doing good. I knew I like Laurel uh, Hardware. It's great. Yeah, guys. right. It's a good spot. Good spot. Uh, shout out to all the bracketologists doing the Lord's work, um, putting together brackets in December. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I know it's happened for the past few years, but there needs to be someone to, to step up and say, stop. Um, please stop. Get some help. Go call your families. Go be with your families. Go shop for Christmas uh, or whatever you know denomination that you that you celebrate around this time of year. Because we do not need these brackets, Kyle. I just need them out of my face. So uh, please get rid of the brackets. You say this on World Basketball Day, Tate? Come on, it's not World Bracketologist <laughs> Day. Um, and, and I, I know bracketology. We talked about it now as an official word in, in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. So it is a real thing. It does exist. But my God, uh, we got to stop it. We we really do. I don't need to. I don't need people texting me like, "Do you see Carolina's a seven seed?" Like I don't need that because the one they're not, and two, like I don't want to think about it. I do not want to think about the quad records and the net and all these other stupid things. Um, one last shout out. Shout out, to, shout out to everybody that's been listening to the show. Um, we are not even doing this for a year at this point. We're just getting our sea legs underneath us. Um, it's good to be back here at OSP. Um, it's great to you know have a nice little setup here with myself and Kyle and Kyle Mann and Eamon Brennan and all the many friends of the program that we've had you know shuffle through the uh, since March, since we started doing this. So it's nice to make it to the holidays. It's nice to get a little bit of break. We're going to be off next week um, for the Monday show and for the Friday show because we're going to give our ourself uh first kyle needs a break because uh, he's gonna be doing bill simmons stuff so we need to give him a break for college basketball plus the kids they're gonna be at home with their the parents so we're gonna yeah we're gonna do the same thing we're, we're gonna take a break ourselves and uh 
you know, shout out to everybody for listening and being a part of this. We, we hope that you can uh, get a break yourself and enjoy yourself with your family. We are family guys. We want to be with our families and, and we understand everybody else out there is trying to do the same thing. So um, just sending love to you and yours and uh, hope everybody has a great break and a great time back home. If you do go home, Kyle, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought you were going to shut this down without letting me hit my news stop. So I'll oh, go, that's I'll right. Go you quick. Got, oh, God, I forgot about that. I'll go quick. Um, there was a, a fan. They're saying fan. This is the head, headline. Fan in LeBron James jersey tries to check into a college basketball. This was a I IUPUI Lindenwood game. I don't think this is a fan. This is a guy who's he's maybe an Internet troll, but he's in person trolling people. So I guess a prankster YouTuber. I don't know. What's he's his got name? Some Young sort of, Mantis. I don't know who this guy is. You seem to know. You went on. I, a, I, I, I found this guy and uh yeah i think it's young mantis and you know i don't know if these things are staged or if these are skits but it is hilarious and uh he loves indiana basketball i mean he he's an indiana guy and okay and this is and he made this all happen i mean this is i mean i i saw like the news headline it was very nathan fielder like you see like the real life local news headline and then you like see this behind the scenes thing and you're like oh my god someone is actually like right just a guy with a camera plotting. filming the whole thing right right, right. <laughs> It's so true. I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. Uh, I've seen him in a couple like <laughs> pickup games. And I tell you, the guy's got balls of steel for whatever else he's yeah. got going on physically. He definitely has some sort of con condition, but he he's got balls of steel. He's he goes funny. up to like, you know, like kind of intense pickup games and just I don't know. It, definitely trolling would be the word. He's like push shoving guys. He's uh, he's I think he's if you ever names. wondered to yourself, like, what does Draymond Green say to these guys on the court? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what he's saying. You know what I mean? It's like he went to the school of that, like just that absolute shit talk. I mean, he he, he calls people bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're yeah. like that's that's the universal word that gets you in a fight on a basketball court <laughs> right. is saying the B word. And he's just throwing it out there like it's regular degular. So, I mean, it is comedy. It, it made me laugh. I was like, my God. Sounds but like yeah, uh, IUPUI or, or Lindenwood, whatever school this was at, needs to beef up security a little bit. But they were nice. They didn't like yoke him up. It was just a guy trying to like lead him off the court. He's like, no, it no, was no the coach. Go. Yeah, it was the, 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 coach. The, the coach. Was like, dude, just just get out of here. And come the security on, was like, <laughs> like, like, come on, like, just get out of here before oh, you're gonna make goes me tackle bad. you, man. I don't want to do that. He said it was make a wish when he was checking in. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he, <laughs> he said I'm a make a wish. <laughs> he had some. I mean, he had some great one liners. So uh, yeah, it was good Shout for college basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, I remember last last one I um last show we had, I was like, oh, the radio stations in Iowa are doing the will Caitlin Clark, won't they? Will she yeah. stay? Won't she stay? Obviously she's not gonna stay, but she was on um Coach K's Sirius XM show. This is when you were also talking about Coach was like, you uh. know, I wish I could have coached you, whatever. So here she goes. <laughs> uh it's a hard decision because in my eyes it's a win-win. I can go out and live a life of a dream or I can stay here and be in college and start working on my master's or working on another degree and still play basketball. That's what makes it so hard. Both seem so amazing. COVID allows me the opportunity to have this choice. I'm just trying to live in the moment. That's like, stop asking me, even you coach. Mm. I'm not staying. I'm not staying here. And this comes from K92.3. The uh, it's Cedar Valley's number one for new country, not K-H-A-K, which a dude tweeted me and told me it's K-Hawk, not CAC. Oh. Um, so K Hawk sounds better. It's just it makes, I was really more sense. Just up the Caitlin Clark stuff. Uh, she's trying to be nice and tell you she's not coming back, and you guys are like, "Oh, is she? Could she? She said she might. No way. She's not coming back." But I no do, way. I do respect that she doesn't want a stat pad. You know what I mean? Like, because if I if I'm getting the COVID year, like I'm coming back to get like every record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. there, there's just no doubt about it. So Caitlin Clark, she's a better person than me. She's like, I just want to go play professional sports. I don't want a stat pad. So 
Good for her. I love yeah. that. I hope I hope that both of those those people, Caitlin Clark and our guy Mantis, uh, I hope they have a happy holidays with their families. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we love to uh, see. <laughs> this is one is a shout out to the refs out there. It is a dangerous gig. Some people forget. Mm. Uh, this isn't college basketball, but these are students playing basketball. Uh, well, basically, the long and short of it, a bunch of eighth graders beat the shit out of a ref in a church league game. Uh, See, church, league, church league is vicious. <laughs> yes. It's, this video was captured on Sunday at the Love of the Game event. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> at the Stronghold Christian Church when several young players and other bystanders appeared to beat the hell out of a ref after a game had concluded. This is TMZ's recounting. The game featured teams full of eighth graders, uh, but the director of KB Sports, Kenneth Tarver, says he has no idea what caused the post-game scuffle. This ref needed 30 stitches. I mean, at first, the ref was getting some Whoa. shots in. Because I think that first, the, like, the, the, a couple players start, like, if you watch the video, a couple players start, like, you know, standing up tall, fists clenched, walking towards him. And he's just backing up, like, hey, man, stop it, stop it. Because they're eighth graders by the end of, at the end yeah. of the day, right? And then all of a sudden, a couple, like, two of them start swinging. You see the ref, he's like, okay. It's go time. I actually have the ref makes some really nice connections. I think once you get over that mental barrier to like, should I punch an eighth grader in the face or not? <laughs> but now there's three of them. And now like they they back them into a corner. And now, I mean, at the end, I think it's if just you're a getting jumped, jumping. you can hit anybody. You know I what think I mean? So. Like, like I even so. if it is an eighth grade kid, like you, like if it's a team of people, but I mean, shout out to like, you know, I mean, it's not the best example of teamwork, but I mean, shout out to like they they stayed together. You know what I mean? It wasn't like one or two kids. Like once they saw they were in it, you know, right? They were just like, we're well. We're there's all that going like for it. there's that paradoxical question. I think Chris Long asked or somebody asked her like, if you're in a field and there's you know how many kindergartners could you fight, you know, and win? Mm. And but eighth graders, I think that number drops drastically. It turns out it only takes about seven or eight, and that's uh, they were. It was kind of brutal at the end. So the guy said he's recovering, but that's thirty stitches. Uh, and this dude said that uh, I'm gonna make it safer for the officials in the future at these unsanctioned church league events. Uh, but, you know, ref, it's a tough job. Like the refs already are hated enough. Please don't hit them. Yeah. Ref culture is wild because like, I, I feel like it happens in college sports where like somehow we know like, you know, TV Teddy, we know the Jeffrey Anderson, we know the names of these refs, you know what I mean? Carl Hess, like everybody knows the names of these refs and they like, are villainized, right? And then in the NBA, it's the same thing. Like, it's literally like we know the names of these refs. They're almost characters within the games themselves. And they're the adversaries to both teams. Like, <laughs> at least those guys fan get paid bases. Money, <laughs> Right. But I mean, the NFL, I mean, all, all these guys like have both fan bases hating them. It's not right. like they have anywhere to go. They're just like on an island. So uh, don't punch a ref. I mean, that's, that's especially not one that's making less than three, you know, oh, six figures. Not, like, come especially, on. yeah, one that's like doing it for like 80 bucks. So, like, <laughs> right. I mean, my come God, on. he couldn't come even, on. yeah. Or pay for his hospital. Hopefully they paid for his hospital bill. They I better. Mean, Somebody should yeah. because that is that is tough. Where are the I, parents? You know what I mean? Like I, I feel <laughs> dude, like if I started was, like trying to fight the refs, like my my dad would like literally throw me across the, the gym. The video like, is from this angle of like above the court. It's almost looked like it's like people are on these balconies around the court. So I mean, there these people were like, I don't know, at least like a story or two above. So I don't know who was down there, but it wasn't like, you know, you'd have to take a pretty You'd have to skip a couple stairs to get down there and in time. I don't know. It was very strange. You'll have to watch the video. Um, the last thing I got is just a quick, we're closing out a Patino quote because I just, I find Please. them every week now. Uh, this is Patino on Louisville basketball. He <laughs> says, I would never even answer the phone if they called. I wish them well, but I want them to do well down the road because of all the good memories I have. But for me, I'm either at St. John's or I'll be retired. They torched the program. Patino said uh, of Louisville's board of trustees, whom he claimed was packed with Kentucky fans who helped hasten his leaving. I love it. 
Wow. That's an incredible, I mean, Merry Christmas to us for that quote, because that <laughs> confirms that Rick Pitino would go back to Louisville. So I take back what I said about Mick Cronin, fire Kenny Payne and call Rick Pitino on Christmas day and say, Merry Christmas, Rick, you have the job. It's yours if you want it. So that is incredible. I mean, the fact that he even addressed that is good news for Louisville. Like if I'm, if I'm on the board of trustees, I'm like, he's still thinking about us. You know what I mean? Like he, he still wants, he's still, it's unfinished business for Rick Pitino. This has really been great. I could just Google. It's like almost like Trump with like, what did he say? And he's saying right. stuff. He's just never stopped saying stuff, which is, he just, I love it. Well, the best part too is like, it's not just that he's saying stuff. It's like, there are people there recording and asking him everywhere he goes. You know what I mean? Like we missed that when he was at Iona. No one's following Rick Pitino around. Right. There's no, this, there's not a media frenzy. Now at St. John's. Everybody needs to know. Uh, speaking of St. John's, by the way, shout out our guy, Boss. Um, he was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, which was like, that was like my brain was broken by that whole experience. I was like, does does Ryan listen to Boss? You're like, yeah, apparently he does. And and shout out to Boss. Shout out to Waz, our guy Waz. He grew up with Boss and that whole Dreamville Fiends team. So shout out to all them. But uh, he has a song on the new album called 179 Deli. And I actually went there. It's uh, right near St. John's. So uh I was like, that's a nice little college basketball shout out there for all the St. John's fans. So 179 Delhi. Ryan's been uh, getting some controversy because he's got he had the dogs out in that photo. I mean, just straight up, straight up feet out. And then yeah, also that, that was showing like a, a power lot of, move, right? Showing like that, a lot of thigh too. He, he was he had like the, the five inch <laughs> inseams on and they were bunching up a little bit. So uh, he's been. He's been a, uh, it's been deemed an NSFW post. I guess oh, the, wow. The Russell memes guy was like, that's like Sharon Stone and basic instinct. <laughs> who just, took, that who guy took that so picture? Funny. Like who was with them? That, I, think the other I think part. it was boss's manager or whatever. Whoever, oh, whoever Derek. Shout out, shout yeah. out to Derek. That's awesome. Uh, uh, <laughs> great group. <laughs> But, uh, do you do you want to say anything about these games to watch before we sign off? We're going. Oh yeah, let's let's do some let's do some games to there watch. There aren't a uh, ton. Can I tell right. you what I got? And you tell me if these matter. They seem okay. like they would matter. Uh, so on the twenty second, which is uh, basically the day that you guys will be listening to this, we got Georgetown at Marquette. Uh, which I guess we want to see what's up with Marquette, right? Well, that's a get right game for Marquette. That that should be a blowout. That should it be should a home be. blowout right. to make everybody feel better about where we are with this team. So right. let, well, let's, we're, let's we're, we're starved for, for games. We are starved yeah. for games. But then right. on the twenty third, we've got St. John's at UConn. Mm-hmm. That's something, right? I mean, you, it's probably a get right for UConn too. I don't know who's hurt on UConn. You seem to know, but well, we uh, were hoping that Klingon got got an ankle injury, but I think he's okay. He should play. In the, maybe maybe they sit him out, but I think he should play in this game. Um, I do think that there was a dream that we both had where UConn is still riding high, and then Rick Pitino gets them, you know, on the twenty third, and uh, you know, there goes that dream because um, that dream was that, that dream was right there um, before Seton Hall took it away. So smart of Dan Hurley though, because he he probably saw it on the horizon and said, "I need to lose one." <laughs> I need to lose one Patino game. Get, get my team focused for Patino. So that's going to be a tough one for Rick. All right. And then I've got on the same day, also on uh, Saturday, the 23rd, we got Florida Atlantic at Arizona. I know oh, Arizona's pretty good, but Florida Atlantic, right? I haven't seen much of them, but they're they're still ranked pretty high. And we remember them from last year. And then there's really nothing, not much going on. I think all, you know, the kids are home. And the last kids thing is home. on the 30th, which is uh, the Saturday after that, I see Creighton at Marquette. Mm, that's a good that's game. That's probably a good, good one. Yeah, good Big East showdown there. Last, like, real big game of 2023 before we get into the new year. So, Because uh, we're not yeah, going to see you guys next week. So I just want to tell you what, what we'll be watching. When we come back on One Shining Podcast, I hope that you watch those games. I hope Rick Pitino pulls out a miracle, a Christmas miracle. That would be great. But when we come back, it's 2024, and we're all eyes on March. You know what I mean? We are we are taking the three-month uh, tear, you know, you know, right right through it all and uh we got some good stuff planned for the new year i'm very excited about so when we come back it's uh we're, we're hitting the ground running so 
Very excited. Hope everybody has a, a Merry Christmas. Hope they watch those college basketball games. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, again, like I said before, enjoy your families. Enjoy being home. Enjoy the break. And we'll see you in the new year. Thanks again to our friends at FanDuel. Again, you must be 21 and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 800 9 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.